Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. All right, let's get into today's message, the burning bowl ceremony. Um, this is one of two officially celebrated ceremonies in Unity, and that's it, officially. At Unity Fort Worth, as you know, we celebrate, we do a lot more. We practice a lot more, have a lot more rituals and ceremonies because I'm a true believer in using ceremonies, using something physical to help us move the spiritual. But when it comes to unity, what you can expect when you walk into any unity church worldwide, you will be able to get a burning ball ceremony and a white stone ceremony very close together. At the end of the year, usually, in the beginning of the year. So that's a wonderful tradition. But what, it is, about, what is it about? And I want to start with today's affirmation because it's a powerful affirmation when you really dig into it a little bit. I manifest a fresh start from my divinity. We're manifesting a start from divinity, not just from humanity. Okay? We're both infinitely divine and human. Both is inseparable. But we must learn that we manifest from divinity because divinity brings us that infinite potential, whereas humanity often shows us limitation. If we continue to limit ourselves and manifest from our limitations, then we're blocking actually what we're trying to achieve. But if we learn to open ourselves up, to imagine ourselves to be more loving, more kind, more compassionate, more wealthy, more whatever it is, and we manifest from that place, then we actually see some change happening. That's why we have all these affirmations that we do in unity, because the affirmation usually does not affirm the human self, but affirms the bigger, the divine self. Meister Eckhart said something really important about new beginnings. And suddenly you know it's time to start something new and trust the magic of beginnings. And you've been here and followed our services for the past few weeks. You remember that the birth of Jesus Christ is the birth of a special gift that we have to offer to this world. And that birth also represents a new beginning. Today is New Year's Day. So it's very natural we think of new beginnings. It's very natural that we embrace the idea of new beginnings, especially when it is time for us to start a new year. The magic in that is that we have the power and the ability to imagine ourselves to be just as powerful as we know from the stories of Jesus Christ, him to be, just as powerful. Or if we follow 
the Buddhas, Gautama, Siddhartha Gautama, if we follow his teachings, we can just be as peaceful, as, as enlightened as Buddha was. Or if we follow Muhammad, the prophet, may peace be upon him, we can follow his example of channeling God in him and finding a true practice of spirituality within himself in service to humanity. We can all do that. There's no reason for us not to be able to do that. And that is magical. Magic is not something that is separate from us. Magic is just something that, we, that is happening to us or that we are able to do, but we are yet to understand how and why. It's not impossible. We just need to wake up to it. The other thing that's really important that Dalai Lama said once is that people take different roads seeking fulfillment and happiness. Just because they're not on your road doesn't mean they're gotten, they've gotten lost. Today is a day that most of us take on New Year's resolutions, are focusing on the year ahead. Um, again, if you were here for Christmas and all that, you probably already were asking yourself, what are the spiritual gifts that I have to offer and so on? It's very important to remember just because we see someone going down one path, which doesn't happen to be our own path, doesn't make them wrong or us right. It just is as we choose to have it be. And I think that's a beautiful way of remembering that sometimes when we walk one way and the good friend or a partner or family member walks the other way, doesn't mean that there's something wrong with it. It may actually just be that everything is right with it. Because finally both follow their path. Who are we to judge in that way? The Dalai Lama also says, give the ones you love wings to fly, roots to come back, and reasons to stay. And one of the hardest things, I think, as a church community is sometimes to follow that as well, as much as individually. Unity has wonderful teachings that teach us to fly, spiritually speaking. But as a community, we must then also allow those people who grow those wings through the teachings and remembering, wow, I am actually able and allowed to do what I want to do, and if they want to leave and fly away, we must learn to let them go too. But that doesn't mean that we're not allowed to make sure that they always know they can come back, that we make sure that we tender to each other, that we can have roots in our community, so strong roots that it doesn't matter whether we're here in this sanctuary or in a yurt or in a hole in a wall, in a strip, shopping strip, whatever it is, because the roots are not the building, the roots are us, right? And then, of course, we must give everyone a reason to stay 
by not holding on to them, but by being a community that's supportive and not judging us for choosing the path that we want to be on. So when we talk about burning ball then, there's two things that come to mind in unity especially. Letting go is one, and the other one is called denial, which is often a bit uh, a cause for confusion. And here's what Charles Fillmore says about both things. Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, wrote this book called The Revealing Word, and he wrote some of the stuff in there uh, from his point of view uh, as he gathered it from all the different religions. Letting go is the erasing from consciousness thoughts contrary to, to truth. This is done by denial. And then the denial is the mental process of erasing from consciousness the false beliefs of the sense mind. Now, you always have to forgive Charles for a little bit because it seems very cryptic. I see some heads shaking and all that. It's, oh my God, Charles, how do I translate Charles? But what it really means is the letting go part in spiritual work is simply letting go of the stuff that no longer works. Why hold on to it? Right? I sometimes jokingly say, you know, when, when uh, in, in a counseling session, I, I would say, you know, well, someone comes in and says, you know, I have this terrible headache. And I ask, well, what are you doing? He said, well, every morning when I get up, I run into the wall three times exactly three times, as hard as I can, and then I uh, go about my day. And he said, well, maybe stop running into the wall. He said, oh, I can't do that. That's my ritual, <laughs> right? First thing I do when I get up, you know, I face the wall and run into it as hard as I can, you know. I got to keep doing that, but why do I have that headache, right? So we must let go sometimes of things that we may believe uh, are really important to us, and yet we get pointers from others sometimes, or we take, read a book, or we hear someone say something, or we hear a quote that actually tells us, hey, maybe get up in the morning and, and drink a you know, cup of tea first, and then make a decision if you still want to run into the wall. <laughs> you know? We're laughing, but this is such an obvious thing, but Believe me, so many things we do all day long are just exactly like that. We complain about the outcome, but we are actually the cause of those outcomes. And so we must learn to let go. And today is one of those opportunities where we can do that together. And then the denial, um, let me go back, is just a, a, a way of doing that. Uh, we talk about when we keep doing certain things like running into the wall and keep having a headache, we give a lot of power to that. We give a lot of power to the idea that this behavior is really important to me. And then the denial is simply removing that power from that behavior. We're not denying the behavior. We just remove the power away. We don't give it as much attention. It's like a little child who keeps being, you know, the, a bit out out there, sometimes you just need to ignore the child. Lately in the news, you know, you heard about the toddler syndrome. Apparently, we all started to become really familiar with the toddler syn syndrome, behave like toddlers as grown adults, right? You kind of need to ignore that. And the denial is removing that power away from that. 
And then lastly, we have forgiveness. And forgiveness is really the most important practice around all of this. And the way Charles Fillmore defines forgiveness is a process of giving up the false for the true, erasing sin and error from the mind and body. So we need to give up what is false. We need to shave that away, just kind of like shed it, like a snake shed its skin. We need to first know what that is, and then we need to let it go, and that's exactly what the burning bowl ceremony is about, to define that and then to let go of that. Now, going back to this quote that talks about love, because love gives wings and so on, there's another quote, Maya Angelou says, you can't forgive without loving. It's impossible to forgive without loving. And I don't mean sentimentally, I don't mean mush. I mean having enough courage to stand up and say, I forgive, I finished it. Let's be clear what that is. We have an opportunity today together to finish it, to truly forgive. Because only true forgiveness, when we can walk away and I'm finished with it, we're done with it, right? We all know the feeling. We all know the difference. We all have forgiven before and it didn't really work. And we all also have forgiven before, most of all, I'm sure, and it felt right. We never went back. Mahatma Gandhi said, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. It's another misconception that when we forgive, we are weak in one way. When we let go of something that we believe in, it's a sign of weakness. The opposite is actually true. We see that in all religions, in all scriptures, very, very clearly, in the Beatitudes, when Jesus says, you know, blessed be the meek, for they will inherit the earth, is all about that. It's about being vulnerable, about forgiving, giving up the false, giving away that which no longer works for us. You know, I'm thinking of Nelson Mandela when it comes to strength quite a lot. Can you imagine being in prison for more than 30 years for the things you believe in? And he's saying this, you know, as I walked out of the door toward the gate that, I, that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. It's another aspect of forgiveness I think I want us to remember today. We have an opportunity to truly walk out, to walk out of prison, because often, we try to walk out and then we walk right back in because we just can't let go. We can't truly say, I am finished. There's still, well, I forgive you, but kind of thing right there. And that keeps us imprisoned. And Nelson Mandela is such a good person to actually say that because he have, has experienced being in prison for so long. And boy, I probably... I have to say, I'm not sure if I could do what he did after 30 years, right? To not have any grudges, just walk out and be free. So how do we leave the pain behind then? 
You know, if there is pain associated with forgiveness, it may actually keep us away from doing this today. Some of the bigger ideas. You know, we can do the small stuff today, of course, which I encourage you to do. But maybe there's a big thing that's been working on you over the past few weeks or months or even years that you might be ready to let go. But there's so much pain with it that it makes it very hard to do so. And there's a story in the Bible where Peter is asking Jesus for advice. And he's asking him very clearly. You know, then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? And famously, Jesus said, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. Other translations say 70 times seven. It's just a matter of translation. The point being is we have to forgive as long as we have to forgive. It's just the way it is. We may think today that we completely forgive and we are finished and we walk away. And five minutes later, it just hits us back, right, in our hearts. And that's okay. What this verse also says is we're not doomed. We're not limited. We can come back and just do it again. We just keep doing it. We keep with the best intentions for, to forgive as much as we can, as much as we can understand. We keep forgiving and keep forgiving and keep forgiving. And eventually, we will just know, I'm finished. I'm done. I no longer need to forgive. So hopefully for you, for all of us, there will be something on that sheet of paper that you put that you can truly say, I'm finished with this. And if not, it's okay, too, because we keep sticking around. We will be here for you. We'll do this again next year or at the end of this year. We'll do probably something in the middle of the year. We'll do it as often as we need to do, 77 times or 70 times 7. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgive our, forgiven our debtors. Another aspect that's really important, what we ask others to do, we should do ourselves from the Lord's Prayer, as you know. If you're familiar with the Lord's Prayer or if that's your practice, there's forgiveness right there, then and there, every time you say it. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Same thing, same idea. Right? Our willingness to forgive allows others to forgive. Forgiving others is more about ourselves than about anyone else. And this is all right in here. God will forgive us as we forgive. God already has forgiven us if we are only willing to realize that. Another person, Martin Luther King, about how many times forgiveness is not occasional act, it is a permanent attitude. That's the 77 times. 
We cannot expect to just forgive once and then be done with it. It could happen. Power is there. No worries. We, we are extremely powerful. And if we are behind it, we can absolutely do that. But if not, then it needs to become a permanent attitude. And again, remember forgiveness in unity, at least, we say is the letting go of what no longer serves us, the faults, to embrace what is actually true about us. So it's not that hard in a lot of ways. Another Desmond Tutu here, uh, or Desmond Tutu says here, forgiving is not forgetting. Ever heard that? Forgive and forget. Well, he's saying he does a lot of forgiveness or used to do a lot of forgiveness work. It's not about forgetting. It's actually remembering. Remembering and not using your right to hit back. It's a second chance for a new beginning, which is what we're doing today as well. And the remembering part is particularly important, especially if you don't want to repeat what happened. So don't forget, but remember. Right? Because when we're done with it, we can remember without any charge on it. It's only painful when we're still not yet done with it. Then it gets a little tricky. Right? And here, Dalai Lama again, practicing forgiveness does not mean accepting wrongdoing. Another misconception that many have that we believe that when we forgive someone, we forgive the wrong that they have done. When we forgive our, most people who have a hard time forgiving themselves is because they believe forgiveness is forgiving the wrong, the mistake that they have made. It's not about that. It's about remembering the truth, who and what we are. What is true? And what is false? We have made huge mistakes maybe in the path, past, but we no longer make this mis these mistakes today. What we've done in the past may have been wrong, and we forgive that without having to make it right, because today we are here to be who and what we truly are. And then finally, and I close with this for today before we move into our meditation and then the burning bowl ceremony, Oprah Winfrey says, and I love this, true forgiveness is when you can say, thank you for that experience. That's a really good test, isn't it? You can test whether you have forgiven something yourself or others by asking yourself, can I truly be grateful for that? And you may not, and that's okay too. It's an interesting test that you can do that relates back to one of my favorite verses from Paul, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, because that's the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. It's the attitude of gratitude that helps us detect whether our forgiveness work, what we do, what we do today, is true, is honest, is authentic. And if it is not, don't worry. We have more opportunities for, try, for you to try again. So like I did last year, I wanted to read 
a blessing for you before we move right into meditation. Actually, Larissa, you can start the music already if you want. The Nahuatl people are um, people from southern Mexico that are related to Aztec people. And there is a blessing that I used before that I think is really beautiful and a great introduction to our meditation and to our ceremony. I release my parents from the feeling that they have already failed me. I release my children from the need to bring pride to me, that they may write their own ways according to their hearts, that whisper all the time in their ears. I release my partner from the obligation to complete myself. I do not lack anything. I learn with all beings all the time. I thank my grandparents and forefathers who have gathered so that I can breathe life today. I release them from past failures and unfulfilled desires, aware that they have not have done their best to resolve their situations within the consciousness they had at the moment. I honor you, I love you, and I recognize you as innocent. I am transparent before the eyes. I do not hide or owe anything other than being true to myself. And to my very existence, that walking with the wisdom of the heart, I am aware that I fulfill my life project, free from invisible and visible family loyalties that might disturb my peace and happiness which are my only responsibilities. I renounce the soul, the role of savior, of being one who unites or fulfills the expectations of others, learning through and only through love, I bless my essence, my way of expressing, even though somebody may not understand me. I understand myself, because I alone have lived and experienced my history. Because I know myself, I know who I am, what I feel, what I do, and why I do it. I respect and approve myself. I honor the divinity in me and in you. We are free. So let us take this moment to allow whatever comes to mind to be present with us. What are we going to release? What are we letting go? Where do we remove the power we give to it? 
What do I forgive? And whatever it is that you're ready to forgive, just give it a word or a symbol and put it on your piece of flash paper. Maybe you need a book behind it to help with that. And don't limit yourself. Put as many symbols, many words as you can or want to. Allowing what needs to let go to be released. Be reminded that letting go is yours to do. To forgive is to let go of what is no longer true so that your truth, your divinity, your beauty, your excellence can come forward. And as you imagine yourself as being more true to yourself, more vibrant, more present, note what you can let go to make this even more possible. This is yours for you alone. You don't have to hand this in. There are no grades that go on to it. It's your secret. So allow yourself to be free from any limitations, any regrets any concerns and allow the fire to take hold of your paper and help you burn it away. And do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of letting go of something that you might need later on. Just like the burning bush, only the false, that which is wrong, that which is no longer serving you, will be burned away. But your truth can never be consumed. Your truth will always remain. So as you get ready to write down your last few words, 
take a moment and be reminded that when you're grateful for what you let go, that's the most powerful way of release. So whether or not you're there yet, we still give thanks to the experiences, the life we have lived that's surrounding what we let go. We give thanks because that is where the strength lies. We give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. We give thanks at all times for this is our will that we bring into our world to make it a better place. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.